0: praise God God is good all the time and all the time God is good as we are moving forward especially with so much going on with the hurricanes and so forth um, many times it gives us pause and gives us a a thought to reflect on God a bit and as you look at the magnitude of what's happening in other people's lives sometimes you think and you reflect on what's happening in your life and uh, Things are, things can be relatively good. Things can be relatively going smoothly, going in your way. But then every now and then in life, we have challenges that come up. Jesus said, when you have tribulation. He didn't say if, he said when. So that means as a child of God, that you will have challenging times in life. Life can be just hard at some time. It can have challenges that lead to discouragement. We can have challenges in our lives that lead to disappointments. We and have challenges that just seem to come up out of nowhere. And that it seems like it's very hard for us to get past those challenges and those disappointments. Sometimes we wonder if we're going in the right direction. The word can always give us consolation. Sometimes we wonder, Lord, why am I going in this way? Why am I going that way? The word of God can give you consolation. Discouragement always starts with disappointment Okay, remember that discouragement starts with disappointment we are disappointed when something in our lives doesn't go the way we planned it to go or doesn't go the way we hoped it would go we become disappointed disappointment is very very common but the thing is when disappointment goes unchecked then it can quickly become discouragement Okay, I say that again Disappointment in your life, if you don't deal with it, can wind up becoming discouragement. What's the difference? Well, disappointment gives us a down feeling when something happens. Or when something doesn't go right, you know. Um, you get to the store and you, you know, you you you, you saw a, a, a sale thing. You know, we all get these sale notices on our on our electronic devices, on your computer, on your phone. You know, Penny's always sending me sales and stuff like that. And say, I'm looking for a pair of shoes. Boy, I say, oh, man, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get me those shoes I've been waiting for. I can get them on sale. And then when I get there, guess what? They don't have my size. Well, that's Disappointment. That's disappointment. Okay, but does it mean that I'm going to stop shopping for shoes? No, I'm disappointed. So disappointment comes into your life. That'll pass. You know, all things being equal, you're disappointed about something, it'll pass in a relatively short time. Discouragement, however, is much more diabolical. Discouragement is much more demonic. Because then you've given up. And you feel like there's no reason to try harder or to develop another plan. I go into J.C. Penney looking for those shoes I was hoping for and my size is not there. All of a sudden I just get so discouraged and I say, doggone it, I'm never going to buy another pair of shoes. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to start walking barefooted and I'm going to go this and do that. It just gets worse and worse and worse and it goes downhill. Then it becomes total discouragement. I go home and I climb in bed and I never get out of bed again. I, I, I stop eating, I stop bathing and everything, all because I could not find those shoes. That's diabolical. That's demonic. Because now you've gotten to the point where because of that, of that disappointment that you had, now all of a sudden you're discouraged to the point where you feel like I'll never succeed at anything again. I'll never be successful. Let's go to Proverbs 16. Proverbs verse 16. We always have to see what the word of God has to say. We can have so many plans in our lives. We can want to do things. We can want to go places. We can want to accomplish things. We can do the planning. But God is the one that directs your life. And you have to hold, hold sight of that. Okay? Alrighty? I can, I can plan to go down there to buy those pair of shoes... And they don't have them in my size. Instead of me falling into a pit of discouragement, God has another plan. God has another plan. So while I can plan my life, God directs your life. So go to verse number, uh, Proverbs 16. we we'll to start with verse number 1. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirit. Okay? So while you're going about doing your thing and you feel like you're doing the right thing and whatnot, God is the one that's judging your spirit concerning the things of this life. Commit your works unto the Lord. And thy thoughts shall be established. Verse number three. So highlight all of verse number three. Oh, and in verse number two, by the way, highlight, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Verse number three, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So you commit what you're doing in life to God, and your thoughts on how to go about doing things in life will be established. The Lord has made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of evil. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Underline, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Please underline. by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Okay, and the fear of the Lord, by the way, here is not talking necessarily about the fear of being afraid of God. This is talking about reverence, extreme reverence for God, extreme respect for God. If more people in this world today had a reverence for God and a a fear and a respect for God, there'd be much less evil in the world. You can see the way things are going today with the issues that are out there, what's happening in the newspapers and what you see on TV, the evil that's going on. It's also mighty, mighty interesting, don't you stop and think, that at the same time people are trying to get God out of the picture. Okay? Because there's no reverence for God. They're trying to get God out of the picture. I was talking to my son and daughter-in-law the other day, and just yesterday, I think it was, we were talking about how with all that's going on down in Florida, some atheist group down there is pushing to get the words, in God we trust, off of their license plates of Floridians. Now, what a crazy thing to do with all that's going on down there, all of a sudden, to want God off the license plates, you see? So there's no respect, there's no fear, there's no reverence for God. It says, by the fear of the Lord, men will depart from evil. Okay? Verse number seven. When a man's ways please the Lord... He maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Please highlight all of verse number 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You see? I mean, you don't have to go through a whole lot of work sometimes to, to to stave off or to get off those people that are attacking you or that are, coming, that are coming against you. You just need to make sure in your life that you're pleasing God. And God will take care, care of those enemies. Those enemies will all of a sudden start becoming more peaceful with you, getting along with you. Verse number 8. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. In other words, better is a a little bit when you're righteous before God than having a whole lot of wealth and no righteousness in your life. Number nine says, a man's heart divides his way. But the Lord directs his his steps. Please highlight all of verse number nine. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That's what I was saying before. You can make plans, but God is the one that's going to direct your steps. All right? So when it comes down to disappointment and discouragement, you may become disappointed because something in your life didn't work out the way you planned it to be. But remember, God is the one that's going to be directing your path. You see, you see, but the devil, Satan himself would get in there and make you think, okay, you see, that didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. You're done with. Forget it. You might as well forget it now. You're just going to go down the tubes and then that becomes discouragement, which goes into depression and it goes on down the line and gets worse and worse. Discouragement is a scheme used by Satan to attack all of us as he knows that when we are discouraged, we will not be the person that God wants us to be. Alright? Stop and think about that. If the devil can get you into a state of discouragement, then you're not going to be the person that God wants you to be. You're not going to be able to accomplish that which God wants you to accomplish. I go out and I can't find those shoes, and instead of me just getting disappointed and getting over it, I fall into a state of discouragement, a state of depression. I wind up staying in bed and staying home all day. Then how can I get out and do what God wants me to do? How could I come out and minister? How could I do anything else that God wanted me to do? Okay? So it's a diabolical scheme of Satan to, to get you into that state of being. Let's go to Psalms, Psalms 42. Psalm 42, and it's so easy for us to get to get discouraged, you know. Uh, uh, again, like I said, something something doesn't doesn't go right, and maybe even you try something else, and then there's a disappointment there. Uh, we as children of God can't give up because it says that we make our plans, but God is the one that devises our way. So even though you can make plans in life and you say, well, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you're disappointed again. It doesn't mean you let yourself get into a point of being totally discouraged to the point that you're giving up. Okay, Psalm 42, uh, verse number one. As the heart pants after the water brooks. A heart is a, is a deer. Okay, as the heart pants after the water brooks. So pants my soul after Thee, O oh God. Okay, so the same way a deer really, really desires water or, or to find a, a, a brook of water, so does my heart, so does my soul desire after Thee, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come? Uh, when shall I come and appear before God? First, let me just pause there for a minute and just ask yourself: Do you thirst after the things of God? I mean, do you really, really, really desire the things of God? Or do you just think of God as an occasional thing? I'll go to church once a week, maybe attend Bible study if there's a Bible study. You know, I'll read the Word of God once a day or once a week or once a month or something. That's not really thirsting after God. If you're really thirsting after God like you need, like you do for a drink of water, then you'll be constantly speaking Him. Verse number three. My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul uh, in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So in verse number 5, please underline, why art thou cast down, O my soul? ask yourself if you're in a bit in the, in the midst of uh, discouragement ask yourself why are are you cast down oh my soul and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, on the line. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Alright? So even when you're, if you're feeling cast down, and you're feeling rather down and discouraged and whatnot, it says here, I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Amen? Amen? So we have to continually praise God. You know? And it's so easy. You, you know? And, and I'll be, be absolutely honest. I mean, as a babe Christian and, and so forth, Coming up and, 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 and uh, knowing Christ for a short period of time, if I got discouraged about something or worried or something was really troubling me, it was oftentimes hard to praise God. You know, when you're, when you're, you're young at being a Christian, it, it, it gets easier and it gets better because you know that when things are going wrong in your life, that's the time to praise Him. You know? Forces of darkness cannot be in the same place where there's heavy duty praise that's going on. You need to remember that if you're starting to feel discouraged about something, you need to right away start praising God. Start praising God. Verse number six: Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. Please in the line therefore I will remember thee there has to be a time in your life that you can remember where God blessed you there has to be a time in your life if you're a child of God that, that, that you can remember where God did something really wondrous for you remember those things remember how God brought you, for, brought you through something else before you know, God's been with you all, for whole, all of the time, you know, of your life. Maybe you weren't aware of it until you became saved and until you really started seriously reading the Bible. But God has been with you, you know. So it says, therefore, will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the, and of the Hermonites from the, from the hill Mizar." Alright? My soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee. Verse number 7. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. Please put a bracket around 8 or highlight all of 8. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness In the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones my enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Please in the line. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Alright? So it's saying here, when all of these things are going down, when your soul is feeling cast down, it's interesting, it says that others will say, well, where is your God? Those that are around you seeing that you're cast down and that you're disquieted and that things are not going right. You know, they may be wondering themselves, oh, Jesus, he's supposed to be a Christian, she's supposed, to be a, she's supposed to be a Christian, where is her God? Where is his God? Well, it says in verse number 11, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Okay? We talk about praising God. You know? The thing is that only you can answer this to yourself. How much do you really praise God? How much do you love and respect God to, to thank Him and to be so thankful for all that He's done in your life? How much do you thank Him and how much do you praise Him knowing that He's going to be there to help you through no matter what it is that you're going through, you know? you got to stop and ask yourself sometimes, you know, how, is it, how easily do I really praise God? Or do I just go through the motions? Do I really love God? Do I really trust Him? Am I really thankful to God for all the things that He has done? Amen? Let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. It's an enemy. It's a trap of the enemy to get into a point of uh, uh, discouragement. Psalm 91, verse number 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you don't already have that underlined in your Bibles, please do. He that dwells, he that, that lives in the secret place of the Most High, he that lives in the secret place of God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Underline, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Please underline, snare of the fowler. And from the noise and pestilence. Okay? Discouragement is a snare. Discouragement is a snare. Alright? In the first place, if I get so disappointed over not finding those shoes when I got to J.C. Penney, and if I'm looking around and I can't find shoes and for some odd reason there's no other shoes on the planet that'll fit me, you know, instead of just going barefooted, I'm going to have trust in God. And I'm going to go into that safe place of of, of trusting in Him and into, in, 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 into dwelling and living with Him, knowing that God is going to deliver me. God will provide the things that I need from the snare of the fowler. A snare is a what? A snare is a trap. And the enemy, the devil himself, sets up this trap to make us Christians all of a sudden believe that because something did not work out or didn't go the way we hoped it would go, that now all of a sudden to start feeling that I've been totally abandoned by God. I might as well just give up. God's not going to ever help me. I'll never ever be able to find a pair of shoes. Amen? And so that's a trap. That's a trap. Because the devil knows that if he can get you that discouraged, that your eyes then are going to be off of God. Your eyes would be off of God and you'd be more focused on this thing that you're trying to achieve or this thing that you're trying to accomplish or this thing that you're trying to get. It's a snare. It's a trap. Because then if he can get you solely focused on that, then you can't stay focused on what God really wants you to do. You won't even hear God's voice talking to you. (coughs) Excuse me. You won't even hear God's voice um, uh, talking to you. Disappointment and discouragement is a trap of the enemy and will often make us feel vulnerable. And unsure of what to do next or where to turn You ever get to a point of where, you, where something didn't go right and you're trying to out What shall I do next? Well I tried this and I tried that What should I do next? Shall I, what shall I turn? It makes you feel weak makes you feel impotent The psalm, that psalm that we just read tells us where we need to take shelter And it is the strong and secure place of the Most High God is the rock and fortress that we can rely on daily so in practical everyday terms, when that thing does not work out for you and you're feeling discouraged about something, the place to go is to run to God. But you've got to go there safely knowing. You know, I mean, can you picture, um, I guess the most everyday common thing to think about is that most people at some point in their lives were outside in the open and a downpour of rain hit. A real heavy downpour And you did not have an umbrella. Yet still you look up and you spot a store across the street with a canopy over it. And you know, you look around every place else and you're out there and you're getting soaking wet. And you say, boy, I got to get to that canopy to get out of the rain. And you know how you you scramble to get across the street to get to that canopy where at least you get away from the rain. You ran there for what? You ran there for safety, so to speak. You ran there because you knew that was the one place where you wouldn't be be drowned in this downpour of rain. And so at that particular point in time, that was your shelter. Well, that's what you need to think about God as. That's how you need to think about God, especially when there's a disappointment or a discouragement that's going in your life. You know, and in a way, it's very appropriate what I just said about the rain, because when you're feeling discouraged, you feel deluged, you feel like you're drowning in this water that's coming down into your life and you don't know where to turn. So what you need to do spiritually is look across the street, if you will, to that shelter, to God's hiding place, to God's high tower. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So when that discouragement is going on in your life, you think of that, that is the one place that I can go for refuge. Because I know that if I go there, I will be okay. I will be okay. Alright? And at that particular point in time, don't try and figure out whatever it is that you need to accomplish. Whatever that discouragement is, or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. At that point in time, don't even think about that. Just think about getting to God. I'm going to get to God. And the minute that I get to God, I know that things will be okay. Okay? I can't find any shoes to fit me right now. I've looked around. I can't find any shoes. But I know if I can get to God, he'll find me the shoes. I know that if I get to God, he'll be able to point me in the right direction. So all you have to do when that discouragement is going on in your life and you're trying to think about what should I do? What should I do? Where should I go? Where should I go? You go to God. Go to God. That's the first thing you need to think about. Well, let me, get, let me get back to the safety of God so he can tell me what it is that I need to do. You go to Jeremiah 29. Praise the living God. Jeremiah 29. We shall get there. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 29. <coughs> it's thin pages. Boy. We tend to want to stick together these thin pages in the Bible. Okay. Jeremiah 29. And we'll get to verse number 8. Okay. Have to remember that God is the rock and that fortress that we can rely on. On daily, you know. And you don't necessarily have to even, you know, wait for that, for that disastrous discouragement thing to pop into your life. This can be on a daily basis. On a daily basis, you can look for running to the secret place of, of God. The rock, the fortress that you can rely on a daily basis. Jeremiah 29 and starting with verse number 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, That after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And perform my good word toward you In causing you to return from this place For I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord Thoughts of peace
1: and not of evil
0: To give you an expected end Please in the line For I know the thoughts that I think toward you Thoughts of peace and not of evil To give you an expected end Verse 12 They shall call you Then shall you call upon me And you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Please highlight all of that. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me underline. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Please underline that. When you shall search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, And I will be found of you. Underline and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to, uh, whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Okay? So what he's saying here, what he's talking about is that all of the time that you were in, in captivity, he's saying back up there in verses number 8 and 9, you've got these prophets and people that are telling you, what's going to happen don't listen to that they prophesy falsely unto you that can also uh, 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 apply to many times we run to people in our lives when we're at a point of disappointment and discouragement because things are going wrong and you're asking people instead of going to God what should I do what should I do and they have nothing but bad advice to give you you know Well, you know, I wouldn't go there. I mean, I I hear that place is, you know, they're laying off and this and that. Or I wouldn't go there. I mean, you know, the shoes that they sell there are in bad shape. Or I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. And they give you all sorts of bad advice. Many times people will come and give you bad advice when you don't even ask them for it. But many people feel like they have to be the spokesperson in your life and come to you when they, especially if they see that you're just disappointed or discouraged about something. Or if you're kind of floundering in life and you're trying to figure out what to do, many people will bring you advice. Well be careful of those false prophets, prophets if you will, that's telling you what to do in life. Amen? Because God is saying here, He didn't send them. He didn't send them. Alright? Huh? Did you have anybody come up to you and make a suggestion about what you should do? About any, about something going on in your life? And you walk away saying, ah, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound quite right. I mean, I don't know. Even something in your gut doesn't feel kosher about what they're telling you to do. Was well, because God didn't send them. God didn't send them. Alright? So just because this is not... 4000 BC or 2000 BC or back in, in the Old Testament days, it doesn't mean that people can falsely, that people can't falsely prophesy to you here in the 21st century because they can. And even to be even more direct is where you'll have someone walk up to you in a Christian setting and say, Holy Spirit said to tell you that so and so, so and so, so and so. And that could also be a false prophecy. That everyone that comes and gives you so-called advice was sent by God. Alright? So God is saying here to Israel, he's saying, I know the thoughts that I have of you. I know the thoughts that I have toward you and where I want you to be and how I'm looking out for you. I know what you went through for all of those years. Okay? And the answer is that, in verse 11 again, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, and saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God knows the thought that he has for you when you're in the midst of this discouragement. He has thoughts of peace, of well-being, of prosperity for you. For things to work out right and good for you. He knows. He knows. He goes on to say in verse 12. Uh, um, uh, uh, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you. In verse 12. Then shall you call upon me. And you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. So in the other part of that. When you're feeling discouraged and disappointed and so on. is the first of all well, remember. Well, Jesus, God has good thoughts about me. God has a good plan for me. Let me go and consult him. Okay, so he says there, there, then you shall call upon me. You shall go and pray unto me. Have you stopped to call upon God, really call upon God, when you're in the middle of this disappointment or discouragement? And he says, I will hearken unto you. So that's a promise. God will indeed answer you. The thing is, do we hear him? You know? Or does when God answer, if God is not telling you what you want to hear, do you feel like God is not talking to you? Okay? verse thirteen goes on to say, and you shall seek me and find me. Are you seeking God? Underline all of that. You shall seek me and find me. When you shall search for me with all your heart. Okay? If If you can remember back and underline that when you search for me with all your heart, there's a big difference in seeking God and really searching for God with all your heart. You know? And again, go back to something that you really, really wanted. You know, for us guys, gadget lovers and everything, you can think of that one thing you were looking for on, on the internet. You went to Amazon, you looked at Best Buy, you went all over the place searching, searching, searching for that thing because you really want it with all your heart. Well, do you search for God that way with all of your heart? When you've got this disappointment of this discouragement going on in your life? How are you dealing with it? All right. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And verse 14, and I will be found of you. Please in the line, if again, I will be found of you. God says that you will find him. And he will turn away your captivity. He will gather you from all the nations. Alright? So he's saying that you shall find me and God will deliver you from that discouragement. Whatever it is that's going on in your life that you're so worried about and that you're wondering about, you said, if you really, really search for me and seek me, then you'll find me. And when you find me, guess what? All of those issues, I'm going to do away from it. Do away with it. You know? You know? And, and the word captivity here, I mean, is still very appropriate today. Oh, pastor, I'm not held captive of anything. I mean, you're talking about Israel there who was literally in bondage in Egypt and so on like that. I mean, I'm not, uh, in Babylon, I'm not uh, captive. If you're in a deep state of discouragement, you're captive. You're in captivity. Because you're not free. You're not free. And anyone that is really discouraged about something, you know that it is a feeling of being captive. It's a weight on your shoulders because all you do is you think about it, you worry about it. It just consumes you because that discouragement you're thinking about every single day, every single moment, you know. I've seen people that will be in a room and they're talking and talking and talking and all of a sudden they'll just get quiet, you know, and you're talking to other people. You're talking to other people and you look back at that person and they're just kind of staring ahead. And many times when I see that, I said something's got that person really consumed. You see, they're in deep thought, thinking about something. Okay? Okay? So if you're in a state where all you're doing is just thinking and worrying about this thing, and you're feeling so discouraged, you know, and, and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do, you really, really, really search for God. God says He'll deliver you. He'll bring you out of captivity. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Okay? Often our disappointment is tied in that is tied into our plans that did not happen the way we envisioned them to be. We have hopes of a new job, hopes of a new house, hopes of a new car, or whatever your new direction is, whatever that thing is in your life that you're that you're hoping for. And when they don't happen, we often get downcast and doubt that God has a plan for us. Okay? And I, again, I mean, I say to you many, many times, I'm a human being. I'm just like you. I'm just a child of God. And I'm looking and wanting to learn more and more day by day, moment by moment. But I've certainly had times in my life in many years past and things, you know, where I said, gee whiz, I mean, where do I, Lord, how do I deal with this? How do I, how do I manage this? Okay? Okay? The one thing, thank God, I always knew at an early age was that the more I, I searched for God, the more I desired to have answers for Him and had trust and faith in Him, that's when things started turning around. Amen? And thank God I never had any discouragement in life that turned to the point of actually being depressed. Because, again, discouragement can lead to depression. Then you're, really, you're, not, you're in no shape to do what God wants you to do. Okay? And that's something else that as a child of God You should stop and ask yourself Lord if I'm functioning this way Or if I'm feeling this way Lord Then how am I able to serve you How am I able to serve you You know and that doesn't mean necessarily that you've, you've got to be a preacher, that you've got to be a Sunday school teacher, that you've got to be an usher. Even if you're not doing any of those things in, in the ministry, but if you're in a ministry, you should be asking God, how can I contribute to being a part of that ministry? Lord, what function would you have me uh, serve in that particular ministry? Whether it be a Sunday school teacher in usher, working in the kitchen or doing whatever it is that, that, that the ministry needs help with, how can I serve you, but even outside of the physical church building and the, and the church time that we spend together. Lord how else can I serve you outside of this place? How can I serve you Lord on a day to day basis? mean, there may be someone that you may run into in Walmart. We've talked about this before in Winco or Walmart while you're out there in the street God may send someone across your path because of some experience that you have in something in life that God may want you to minister to that person. But how can you minister to that person if you, if Satan has you in captivity in a state of discouragement, in a state of depression, in a state of prolonged disappointment? How can you really serve God? You see? You see? You see? And, and, and God, you know, God has thoughts. He says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. God has plans for your life. We oftentimes overlook that. We have plans. For, God has plans for our lives. You see? See? But the problem is, we have plans for our lives. But do our plans for our lives line up with God's plan? Read before that, man has plans, but God devises the way. You know? So the thing about it is that we need to ask ourselves sometime and to ask God, Lord, what I'm hoping for, what I'm praying for, Lord, is this in line with your plan for my life? You see? You see? And, and, and the, the, when you get to the point of not worrying about that and kind of sit back and just let, let the Lord ride you, you know, it becomes so much easier. You know? You know? <laughs> Boy, I, I remember being down in Disney World. And it was hot down in, in, the, uh, in, in Orlando, Florida when the kids were little. And you're walking around, what seems like endless walks. And I look down in the stroller, and my kids are sitting there in the crowd in the stroller, just sitting back enjoying the ride. I'm doing the pushing and the walking, and they're sitting back just enjoying the ride. Eating the ice cream, drinking the juice, or whatever they're doing, just sitting back and just letting me push them, you know, enjoying the ride, you know. You wouldn't be honest, any Christian you wouldn't be honest if they didn't say at some point in their life, they looked at the kid and didn't think, get up out of that stroll, let me sit there, <laughs> you know. Let me be pushed around a little bit, amen. But you think about that in your life with God. If you can just kind of sit back in that stroll and let God do the pushing, let God do the driving, let him ride you around. You see? And if you're in a state of discouragement over something and you're not sure where to go or what to do, then just kind of flop back in God's stroll and say, Okay, God, you drive me through the park. Alright? You take me for the ride. Because I, 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 don't, I don't know where else to go. I did this. I prayed that. I did this. And I did that. Okay, God, then you just take In the meantime, I'm going to sit back and wait on you. Because you said, God, that you know the thoughts that you have for me. Okay? You said that I will have a plan, but you devise the way, God. That's what your word just said to me, Lord. So, Lord, you devise the way. Because, Lord, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to search for you. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you because I, I, I need that stroller. I need you to ride me around here, Lord, because I I'm tired of walking. Amen? I'm tired of walking. You know? God's plans are better than our plans. We have hopes for all sorts of things in life, but God's plans are better than our plans, even though we often don't believe this to be the case. Know that God is with you, you know? Many times we really don't believe that God has a plan for us, and because of the fact that He is God, He can do it. I mean, God can do this, you know? Look at the universe. Look at the wonders of the solar eclipse that we had a couple of weeks back. Look at the wonders of all, look at what happened during that, those brief couple of minutes, the darkness and the chill in the air and all of that. And all of those wonders, you know. God's in charge and God's plan is certainly better than anything that you can, you can dream up or devise, you know, and know that God is indeed with you. Let's go to Matthew 28. Praise the living God. You know, and, and if you just remember, you know, um, today, when you, when you get out of here, discouragement, you're feeling discouraged about something, remember that, um, first of all, this is a trick of the devil, to get you off focus from God so that you can't do what God wants you to do. And remember that God is in charge. He has a plan for you. God is with you always. Matthew uh, 28, verse number 19. God has a plan for you. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them. Well, we'll Go up to 18. Let me start at at 18. Um, Matter of fact, so you get it in context. Go up to verse number 16. I'm sorry here. So get it all in context. Verse 16, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. First of all, do you believe that, that Jesus has all power? Go ye therefore, 19, go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, underline, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Underline all of that. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen? So if you can really, 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 really believe that, know that this thing that you're going through, this discouragement that you are experiencing, this searcher, and, and whatever you, you are thinking about doing to remedy, to take away this discouragement, remember that He is with you always, even until the end of the world. You know? And the problem is that many times because we as, as human beings don't see Jesus physically next to us, The word of God says that he is. Jesus said that he is. So again, it goes back to your faith. You know, how much faith would it be if Jesus said to have faith that I'm with you and you saw him sitting there next to you? It wouldn't require any faith. But having faith in God is having faith in that which you cannot see. All right. Having faith in God is knowing that the words that we just read about God devises the plan for your life. That God is with you, that God is the one that's going to lead your path and take you out of captivity. And again, captivity being this burdensome state of being discouraged. That he will lead you out of that. The words of Jesus are always reassuring, but never more so than in this great commission passage at the, uh, in the book of uh, Matthew, Matthew that we just read. He reminds us that he is with us always. I I really love that part, you know, know, not some of the time or even most of the time, but always I love that. To Remember that Jesus is always with us. This verse should help you to regain the the perspective when you start facing disappointment and, and discouragement. To remember that Jesus is with you. Go to Romans 28. Got a few more scriptures here. Romans 28. Romans 28 and we're going to go to I'm sorry Romans 8 sorry about that <laughs> flipping you back and forth here just testing you at, your, 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 your skills of navigating the Bible here it would be a good trick to get to Romans 28 being that it ends at something like 15 or 16 right? <laughs> Romans 8 <clears throat> verse 28 okay Romans 8, verse 28. Okay? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Please highlight all of that. Okay? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, To them who are called according to his purpose. Alright. Well first place, remember that you were called. You wouldn't be sitting here today if you weren't called. You wouldn't have given your life to the Lord if you weren't called. You wouldn't have have, uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you weren't responding to his call. Amen. And, And that call is for his purpose. So remember that. That you're, you're, you're a lover of Jesus Christ You gave yourself to the Lord You're a Christian A born again believer Alright And it's because of the fact that he called you for his purpose So if he called you for his purpose Then that means that all you have to do is to show up and say Okay Lord here I am I'm reporting for duty What's your purpose? What's your purpose? You know When you show up to work You show up there to do to do whatever your job is You don't show up to work to do something else You show up to do whatever your job is so, okay, so you have a purpose there. You have a purpose with God. And remember that, remember that, what, what, what does he say here? All things work together for good. All things. Underline the word all especially. All things work together for good to them that love God. Okay? So, even though you're in a, a place of discouragement, because something did not happen, or is not happening the way you want it to be, All things work together for good. That means that because that thing or whatever it is that you're hoping and praying for hasn't happened, that too is going to work together for your good. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but I know there was something that I was trying to buy and and just every single thing, it just didn't work right, the internet, the site, something went down, they couldn't charge my card or whatever, and I couldn't get that thing or whatever, temporarily disappointed. All things work together for good. Guess what? A day or so later, I found the same thing that I wanted at a better price from a more reliable dealer. So the fact that I couldn't get it the first time around, disappointed, yeah, okay? But all things work together for good. That's on a very, very basic fundamental scale. But whatever is going on in your life, if you are with God and God says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. If God has closed a door and you're not getting something or something is not materializing the way you are hoping it to, it's because God has a better door to be opened for you. So all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. Okay? That's the criteria. For those that love the Lord. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. For them who are the called according to his purpose. This is yet another verse that should remind you that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God the Father loves us so much and has a plan for each of us. God the Father loves you so much and has a plan for you. We are all important to him. You are important to him. And that is truly amazing and reassuring when we are disappointed and discouraged about something. Okay, remember that he has a plan for you and that he, that he loves you. Go to Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter four verse number 6. verse number 6 be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus underline verse number 7 especially alright do not be anxious about anything do not be anxious don't care for anything give your cares to God Okay? Don't be anxious about anything. Disappointment will often lead us down the path of worry to being, to being more and more anxious. God tells us to pray and to make our requests known to Him. He wants us to talk about Him and to talk to Him about everything that's going on, going on in your life. You know? Have you gone and done what you thought you should have been doing and it didn't work out? Do you walk away from that just feeling disappointment, pointed and discouraged? Or do you walk away saying, well, okay God, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to (laughs) go. That didn't go so good, God. Did I do something wrong? Did I mishear you? Did I not understand what you really wanted me to do? Amen? Amen? So you go back to God again. You know? And and, and it's it's okay to be open with God, it's okay to pour out your heart. Say, Lord, I'm having faith in you, I'm having faith, but Lord, this just doesn't seem to be materializing. You know, am I not hearing what you're telling me to do? Am I I misunderstanding, am I miscalculating what it is that you want me to do? You know? And don't be afraid of what he may tell you to do. Sometimes if something is not materializing in our lives, maybe we need to make a mid-course correction. Maybe it's something that we need to do. Amen? Amen? You know, talk to God about everything. Not just a few things or just the quote-unquote the important things in life, but everything. That shows us how much He loves us. He wants to know. You've heard me say before that you know if, if I get a hangnail and it's, and it's, in a, it's just on a point of my—I mean, I—I I hate hangnails. I hate having to clip those things off. I just really do. That I literally, Lord, you know, help me guide my hand as I go to cut this thing off. Because I don't know about you, but when you're bringing that clipper to that hangnail, if you hit it the wrong way, oh my God, does it hurt? You know, and so I actually say, Lord God, I'm serious. I, Lord, guide my hand, help me get get this get this uh, hangnail out. You know, I got some splinters in my hand from some bark dust, and I prayed about that. Prayed about that till I got to the point where the Holy Spirit said to me, why are you struggling? Ask your wife to do it. Alright? I'm serious. And I'm saying, literally, I'm praying, Lord, help me to find these, help me to find these splinters. I just think don't oh, the Holy Spirit, say, say, why are you struggling? I go, ahead, go ask your Tanya to do it. Simple as that. She got them all out. But what I'm saying to you though, is that, It may sound silly, you're praying about splinters, but you get in the habit of praying to God and asking for guidance about every single little thing. It becomes so much easier when you get the big things in life, you know. In the same way God delivers me from cutting, you know, from uh, the pain of cutting a hangnail or from figuring figuring out how to get splinters out of my hand, I know God will be there for that. I know that God will be there for the really important things in life. You see? So talk to God about everything. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians 3. Praise the living God And going down to verse 22 Colossians 3 Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service as men pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Now this is God telling us to be, to be in obedience to those that are in authority over us, okay? Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not that the people that we work for are our masters, but it's saying that, <coughs> excuse me, if you're working for someone, that you should be in obedience to what they're saying according to the flesh. Now listen to this. Mass uh, according to the flesh Not with eye service as men pleases But in singleness of heart fearing God So in other words You're being in obedience to those people that are over you Not for the sake of just pleasing them But in singleness of heart And whatsoever you do Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men Think about that Alright Whatever you do Do it heartily as to the Lord Not unto men Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance For you serve the Lord Christ Underline and highlight all of verses 23 and 24 Saying again And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord Not unto men Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of righteousness Of inheritance For you serve the Lord Christ Okay? So in other words, you know And what an odd thing to even think about Because while we are working, while we are doing things, we're doing things and we're trying to please the boss. But you need to change your thinking. The reason that you perform well in your job is because you're doing it to perform before God. You ever stop and think God has, God got you into that place? God got you there? So you're working to please God, not working to please men. But many times we get that backwards. Okay, we are to do all things to glorify God. To do all things to please God, not for the, not to get the honor and praises of men, but to get the honor and praises of God. We will say that knowing that of the Lord you shall receive reward of of, our, of inheritance, for you serve the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in other words, you're not looking for the rewards or the um, the comments or the compliments so much from men. Even though we all like to be complimented for doing a good job, but the main reason you're doing a good job is because you're doing it to please God. You see? You see? You see? See? And and that helps to change your focus a little little bit. Because otherwise what happens when we're working and we're doing things like that, we stand back and we get bent out of shape when men don't praise us. If man doesn't praise us in the workplace or wherever it is that you might be doing something where you're interacting, with interfacing with with people, people, and the people don't compliment you, you're there, you're doing a good job because you are a child of God. Okay? And anything that I do, I try to do it to the best of my ability to please God. Amen? So I'm not looking at pleasing men, I'm looking at pleasing God. So if you're doing your job to please God, but well, this is things that God will be the one to give you the reward. And that's far more important than anything that man could do. All right? And God will wind up blessing you. You know, many people wonder and they scratch their heads why they can be someplace, and they're not performing the way God would want them to be performing, and they wonder why they're not being blessed. If you're not doing things to please God, then you're missing what God is telling you to do. You focus on pleasing Him, and what would, what, what would pleasing Him be? Pleasing Him would be showing up on time. Pleasing Him would be not knowingly taking things home from the workplace. I know when I was working in secular life, many times I brought pens home. I'd always try to bring them back so that I made sure I was using them in the office. And then when I, when I did retire, all of that stuff I wound up taking back and making sure it was left in the office. You know, you know we're, we're not supposed to be, be we're, we're, we're doing things even in the workplace, in our daily lives, in a way that would honor God. All right? Okay, We talked about this before too I mean you go into a store And somehow you wind up walking out of the place Not paying for one particular item Something got trapped down in the cart You take it back in And say oh I didn't pay for this Or the clerk, the checkout person there gives you back a a, a few dollars more because nowadays some of these poor clerks, they they have a hard time counting if the cash register doesn't tell them exactly how much change to give back. Amen? And they miscalculate and give you too much back. You give it back to them and say, hey, you gave me five dollars too much. Okay? You're doing that to please God because it's the right thing to do. You see? And so you're looking for not reward for man many many times those clerks have said oh gee they look shocked when you give them the money back and a couple of them have said oh thank you so much I would have had to pay for that at the end of the day when I go to balance out my till so they're so grateful you gave them that five or ten dollars back you see you see But, but, but I didn't do that to please her I did it because I know that's what God would want me to do amen so you go through your life looking at and doing things in accordance with, what, with what, what God would want you to do. And then what does it say there? It said there that he would give you, um, knowing that, verse 24, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Amen? Amen? So we do things heartily for the Lord. Sometimes we work hard and, and we're not rewarded and we'll fall into disappointment which leads to discouragement. This can happen at our workplace, whether we are in Christian ministry or at work in a secular workplace. God tells us to work for him and not just for our bosses. This perspective will give you a reward in knowing that your hard work is not unnoticed, but recognized by the Almighty God, and it will bring you great reward in the long run. Okay, getting ready to close here, we're going to go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, there's a lot of scripture here to cover, but I hope, hopefully you're you're digesting it. Hebrews 4, and you're going to, and holding on to it. Hebrews 4, and going to verse 14. Hebrews 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest... That is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our profession. Please underline, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, underline boldly, unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace. To help in time of need. Okay? So it says here in verse number 14, let us hold fast to our profession. That means that you need to hold fast to what you know God is saying to you. That holding fast means to hold tightly to it. And if God this isn't the only place where God talks about holding fast to things um, dealing uh, pertaining to him. Because he knows that this is saying that if you're not holding tight to your profession of faith, that it can be stolen away from you by the devil. You know? And how is it stolen away? Stolen away is in the case of disappointment and discouragement is when a discouragement gets gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay? When that discouragement is just lingering and it doesn't seem to want to go away, it's because you're not holding fast to the profession of your faith faith. You know, having confidence in what God God has told you. Hold fast means that it can be stolen away if you're not careful. All right. It tells us where to take our disappointment. Jesus is our great high priest. He knows what we're going through. And he wants us to go with confidence with our prayers and requests to God. He doesn't just, Jesus doesn't just tell us to deal with it. But cares and tells us how to take it to God in prayer so that we can have victory over all these trials that come into our life. James 5:16 you don't have to go there right now it talks about the prayer of a righteous man the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much okay so if you you, you know you got to fervently you got to pray hard you know pray un, unrelenting prayer to god Prayer is a powerful weapon in the defeat of discouragement and disappointment. And James there tells us that prayer of a righteous person has great power. Another word for power you have to remember is energy. And it shows that our prayers will be heard and will be working. We may not always get what we hope for in our prayers, but they will be heard and God will give us what we need. Praise God. You've heard me say many times, God may not always give you what you want, but he will definitely give you what you need. John, uh, 1 John 5 verse 13 to 14 talks about If we ask anything according to his will That he hears That he hears our, our prayer John reminds us that God hears us In other words, God has not forgotten about you He knows what you're going through He hears your prayers He wants, to, he wants us to ask him for all of our needs Wants, concerns, whatever gripes that we have Worries, hardships, you know you're feeling something's not going right, you're feeling discouraged about something, then you can bring your gripes to God. You know, God, I've been doing this, I've been doing this, and doing this, and it just doesn't, doesn't seem to be working. If you're facing discouragement or disappointment in closing here, please don't try to go through whatever you're facing alone. Don't try to do it by yourself. Okay? Talk to God. You've got another believer that you can trust to give you some good advice. To talk to that believer. The Bible talks about talking to those other saints of God that can pray with you. And can give you some words of encouragement and wisdom. But I warn about doing that. I mean just don't run to anyone just because of the fact that someone is a good friend. Or someone is a good family member. Make sure that the person has enough godly wisdom that can give you some godly advice. We all have some good friends. I know some people that I like very, very much. And I would, they'd be the last person I'd go to ask anything pertaining to my future or anything pertaining with my Christian walk. Amen. Amen. Someone to, to give you some sound words of encouragement and wisdom. God does not want you disappointed or discouraged. Remember that. But wants you to live a life of victory. Trials and hardships will come our way throughout our lives. But God is truly there with us. That does not want you to be going through disappointments and discouragement. Amen? Amen? So again, to keep that little silly example of uh, looking for a pair of shoes that you can't find. Alright? Okay, you may be disappointed, but that does not put you into a place of discouragement that would stop you from seeking to ever buy another pair of shoes and just, and just drying up and not existing. Amen? Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.